With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. Find me on Twitter at Todd from PA. That's Todd with one D, F-R-O-M-P-A, Todd from PA on Twitter. If you follow me, I will follow back. If you let me know, you found me through the Run to Daylight podcast. Last week, I had T.J. Hernandez on talking uh, the Scott Fishbowl, SFB 480. This week, I have the host or the creator, if you will, of SFB 480, joining me to break down the history of it and whatever we can think of on short notice, because we kind of put it together on short notice. Isn't that true, Scott? Welcome to the show. That is. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, that is that is true. I had a few hours this morning to uh, in between uh, while my son was at uh, daycare. Or, uh, actually, at school now. He's three, so he's in school, which is really weird for me but yeah short notice uh let's have some fun so where are you from uh, what's the uh 111 area code no <laughs> well that's because i'm on skype I'm, I'm using my uh my my blue snowball mic here on skype on my computer but i'm i'm from minnesota i live in the twin cities now oh cool i thought you know like that might have been like the martian code or something <laughs> no not quite but yeah it's uh it's a nice day here in minnesota Oh, that's good. I uh, I guess you're a lifelong Vikings fan? That is correct. I, I was born and raised on the Minnesota-Canadian border, and I've moved around Minnesota a little bit. But, uh, yeah, lifelong Vikings fan. Uh, Blair Walsh is my favorite player. I have an authentic jersey of his. He wished me happy birthday on my birthday. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, big-time Vikings fan. Yeah, I, I always call it the Blair Walsh Project. Nice. You know, nice. remember the Blair Witch Project? Yep. Yep, I I actually used to run a video store. Um, I was running the video store when that that movie came out. Oh, that's interesting. I uh, you might have been the last video store in the country. <laughs> yeah, well, I I left the video store industry in about uh, 2002 or so. So, yeah, I think they they kept around a little bit longer than that. But yeah, pretty much. <laughs> be weird I'm a bit of a wise guy, especially when I don't have a script. <laughs> 
So um, yeah. let's talk <laughs> about um, your genesis with fantasy football. How long have you been playing? How old are you? Uh, and just kind of lead up and give the, the, the people who are listening to the show just a bit of a, your personal history as, we, as it headed towards coming up with the Scott Fish Bowl. Okay, I can, I can pretty much rapid fire that. I started uh, Fantasy Football a Dynasty League in 1992. Um, I am 36 years old. So uh, if, you, if you do the math on that, I was probably about 12. Um, and uh, You really the, were about 12. Yeah, yeah, I really was. I, I was born in 79, and 92 was my first, fa- first uh, fantasy league, first dynasty league. Uh, so, yeah, I was. I was 12, turned 13 that first season. So, uh, so I, started, I was older yeah. than you are now when I did my first fantasy league. It was 1999. Oh, wow. I was born in 62. So yeah, I always I always thought fantasy was for losers, and then you know an old friend of mine kind of talked me into you know we hadn't talked in twenty years and he had an opening like three days before and uh, of course as soon as I did it I got completely addicted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is addictive. Um, to to finish out the uh, the story, I guess I was. Uh, I started writing a fantasy football blog like thing that like no one read in the early 2000s, like 2002, 2003, something like that. Uh, then I joined a forum at a site and I started writing their start sit column. And I think around 2005, uh, in 2007, I opened up my own site, FF Oasis, which is where SFB started. And, uh, in 2014, I joined DLF. You joined what? Uh, DLF, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never played Dynasty. I actually came – when I was a kid, I played Stratomatic Football, which was a card and dice game. And anyone my age, that was a, kind of our video games. There was no, you know, Madden or anything like that. And you would roll the dice and see the result on, on the cards or on the boards and – I got into kind of an adult version of that hobby where we would build, you know, full teams and use software on the Internet to play each other. And that, that, you know, so Dynasty is very similar to that, except that we drafted every player on every team. You know, you needed a play, you know, someone to hold, believe it or not. Um, So I'm familiar with the concepts. I just have never done it. And. Uh, I guess I'm waiting to be invited to a league uh, with a bunch of uh, heavy hitters, so I'll be probably be holding my breath a while. <laughs> oh, you never know. People dynasty leagues start up all the time in this industry, and uh, they're always looking for people. It's it's pretty. It's something people really love, and it's it's real. Dynasty is really growing, so I, I don't think you'll be holding your breath as long as you may think. Uh, I, I really well, encourage well, people if to you're, try it. it. If you're big and bad and, you know, you, you've won a bunch of dynasty leagues and you write for sites and you want a fish who thinks he knows football, um, invite me. I'll join. I'll pay. Um, and I'll see if my simulation skills translate over to dynasty. But uh, I, I tend not to talk trash. That was about as trash talky as I ever get. But I, I would like to be invited. And if I'm going to do it, I want to. I want a chance to make a reputation and, and beat some people who have some industry uh, background. And uh, gotcha. I don't think that's too evil. In today's dynasty landscape, I could see a guy like you winning actually early because 
the, the industry has become so youth help heavy that it's become a lot easier to win now, to, to win in that first year or two than it, than it used to be. Well, I, I think that, you know, one of the things that once I got good at simulation, you know, I won every year, and there were some guys who were constantly rebuilding, right? You know, they're on their 30th year of their rebuilding project. They were always trading for draft choices, and they were always, you know, drafting. And, you know, just because, you know, this was a big discussion between the Evan Silva fantasy douche trade uh, that blew up Twitter a while ago. Um, You know, and I agreed with something Ray Summerlin said, you know, and a few other people like Jacob Rickroad, you definitely – want to be in contention every year and there, if you're smart you should be able to do it um, because picks have a value that are greater than what they tend to pan out to be so yep. if you can pick up picks at a value and then trade them right before the draft or during the draft a lot of times you can you can you can make really good trades for yourself Yep, Jake and I have talked about that before. That we're bo- we're both very much win now people. We want to contend every year, and and I do in most of my leagues. I, uh, <laughs> to switch from dynasty to redraft, obviously in redraft like SFP 480, you, I mean, you got to play to win now because <laughs> there's no carrying over players. Yeah, one of the things that was frustrating to me in keeper leagues, and I that, that's how I started in fantasy football. And, you know, there was a a certain kind of, again, where you would, you know, the key is to win every trade, right? Sometimes people will turn down a trade and say, well, this is a pretty fair trade. And I'm thinking to myself, no offense, but I don't want to make a fair trade, right? If I'm not, you know, the first lesson I ever learned in fantasy football, I was reading some expert at the time, and he said, if you're not going to win the trade, why make the trade? And, and I kind of subscribe to that theory. I mean, sometimes you need an even trade just to keep a relationship going with another owner or to, um, you know, fill a positional need. But in general, you got to be trying to win every trade. Yeah, I think I think a lot of trades can be made that uh, both will win. Um, uh, you want to win every trade, at least win it on your end, I think is the point. Uh but yeah, you can. If you're really weak at wide receiver and strong at running back, you can trade a running back for someone else's wide receiver, and then you both probably win, or at bare minimum, you win your side of the trade uh, for your team. But if I know a guy needs, and 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 I understand that mentality, and I call I call it my gravy, okay. And I know we're not really. We'll get into SFB 480 right after that. But mm-hmm. this, I think trade theory is a is a fascinating subject. And so if I know I've got a guy on the hook who needs something, even if I need it also, I'm always going to say, well, throw me a third-round pick. And you'd be amazed at how often, even though it's a small thing and most of the time it doesn't lead to much on its own, if I pick up a third-round pick, guys like, all right, sure, yeah, that's not going to change the value of this too much for me. Sure, you can have a third or a fourth-round pick. Well, if I make five trades and I've gotten an extra little bit of gravy on each trade, then I can go to a guy and say, hey, would you like five third-round picks and Joe Smith for John, you know, some stud? And they're like, mm-hmm. You know they might take it because you're you're overwhelming them at that point with numbers. 
So that's just kind of a theory of mine that, that worked out very well for me in simulation football, and maybe I'll try it one day in Dynasty. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you get one, get in one. Yeah, give it, give it a shot. <laughs> yep, it's. Uh, but you know, that's my theory. Just try and get a little bit of gravy. Just, just a little something. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a lot, but if you make a lot of trades, it adds up. So, how did you come up with the idea for the SFB 480? And how did you get, you know, some of the heavy hitters that ended up being in it this, in the beginning uh, to join up? Uh, well, in the beginning, I ran FF Oasis, and I had a writer by the name of Mike uh, Kaus there. And uh, he, did, he did a lot of that work, creating, uh, putting, getting the league on MFL, talking to MFL and getting, it, getting that league comped as, like, a, a large industry league um, and uh, uh, just going around talking to different people. Uh, like, I think if you notice, if you look in the trophy room, like Mike Clay p- played in that first year. And he yeah, won I, I, I mentioned that in our pod, that he was the first winner. Yep, yep. I won. I, I led that league the entire year, uh, <laughs> wire to wire. And in the final week, he had a huge week. I didn't, and uh, he won it. But uh, I, honestly, I don't know how some of those people – I think they were just gracious enough to be like, hey, this sounds like an interesting league and play. Um, nowadays, I think it just, it's just kind of steamrolled that it feels like this is just a big, uh, you know, fantasy industry event, which is the point of it, to bring the industry together. The big sites, the little sites, the, the well-known people, the not-as-well-known people, get them to interact and, and uh, maybe meet and get to know people you didn't know before, hear podcasts or see sites you didn't know before. I I, I love that aspect of it. It's a community get-together for me. And uh, I think once this person jumps in, uh, this other person sees that, and they're like, hey, I'll play too. I get, that guy's playing. You know, and it just keeps going on. Word of mouth gets these people to uh, say, hey, what the hell? These, these guys are playing. These, these are well-known guys. I'm, I'll play too. You know, like, I think that might be it. I don't, I don't want to speak for some of the amazing people that are playing in this league, but uh, uh, I, I don't know why yeah, they're doing I, it, but I love that they are. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that, uh, first of all, it only takes a couple of those nice guys who also have a reputation to give it a try for everyone else's competitive juices to fill. But I love what you just said about, you know, how you give people like me, for instance, uh, an opportunity. You know, I've I've only been back kind of in the fantasy world for about a year and I just started my podcast and you came and you, you know, I guess you we had tweeted back and forth on different issues and you gave me a shot. And I mean, that's the type of thing. A lot of times it gets very snobbish and people like me end up feeling on the outskirts we would like an opportunity like this. So I really appreciate that you do bring in the, 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 the lesser knowns as well as the well-knowns and as well as the fans. And I think that's one of the things that's going to keep this having staying power. And I just personally want to thank you for having that mentality. Well, yeah, I think it's the only mentality to have. I'm, I'm glad that you're playing. I'm glad that people who feel like there are less, there, there are people out there uh, like yourself and many others that, you know, really put in work and do some, do some great things. And they're really trying to, trying to do some things in this industry. And they, they deserve to have a spotlight sh- shown on them. And uh, 
hopefully the, this is the kind of thing that I know it's just a league and people can, at least it's, it's a league where you can tweet one of those bigger name guys and talk about, you guys can discuss your draft and maybe that person will take notice of you and what you're doing and retweet what you're doing. And, and uh, you know, some of their followers will find you and, that's that's a big deal. That's a big deal to to be able to support everyone in the community for me. Yeah, I, and and I thank you for it. And it's a it's a huge point, and I'm glad we talked about it. Um, and and I'm I'm thankful to you know I start every podcast by saying if you follow me on Twitter and let me know you listened, I'll follow you back. I'll engage you. Um, you know, do unto others. That's uh, that's kind of summing up what you're talking about. So the scoring this year, you've kind of updated it, but why don't you just take us through the genesis of the scoring, your thoughts on the scoring, and what you're looking for um, with the scoring of SFB 480? Well, SF, F, originally, F, and, uh, when I was at FF Oasis, we only did PPR. We were one of the, if you search PPR on Google or IDP on Google, we were on the first page. Uh, the, we were the we were one of the only sites super dedicated to those two things, and so we've always been PPR. But uh, a few years ago, I wrote an article called "Let's Evolve: Has PPR Gone Too Far?" And it really feels to me that PPR has gone a little too. It's gotten to the point that I decided this year to make a switch. Instead of being full PPR, SFB this year is half PPR. Um, in order to try to counter and make running backs a little more viable. I gave them a quarter point per carry. And was that this year, make, first year? That was uh, actually two years ago. It was .2. Last year it was a quarter point, and this year it's a quarter point. So this is the gotcha. third year of, of points per carry. And uh, it's super flex, so the quarterbacks are more valuable. And this is the first year that we've given tight ends some weight in the PPR category. They are a full PPR, whereas everyone else is a half. So that's, that's to try to give the tight ends a little more valuable. Um, I do have a statement to make about about why I do the scoring and the the lineup uh, that way. Uh, yeah, go people for don't it. usually ask, yeah people don't usually ask specifically why. Um, it's not just to even out the field. Uh, you will notice when you draft, and I think a lot of people notice this when they're doing the mocks right now and when they will draft. You're going to come out around four, five, six, seven, and you're going to like what you've done almost no matter what. You, you are going to look at your team and be like, I have two tight ends. That's fine. It's tight end premium. Or you're going to have two quarterbacks and two running backs or whatever, and you'll say, hey, it's super flex. I got my two quarterbacks. It's points per carry. I got, I got my two running backs. No matter what way you come out of that first, you know, six, seven, half, half of the draft, you're going to, you can justify what you've done based on the scoring. You can be happy with the strategy that you've employed. And I think there are a lot of leagues where you can – you, you come out of half, halfway through the draft or come out of the draft not happy with, with the draft. This league, you can actually justify most of your moves based on the scoring. Well, and, you know, I covered that in detail, and I know you listened and hopefully others listened to my pod with T.J. Hernandez, one of the smartest guys in the industry, where we really broke down Definitely. the scoring and, and some of the niches. And what I love about it, Scott, is that you did put so much thought into it and that there are so many complexities and that with a big field like this, there's not just one way that you can win. 
And, it, it, you know, not only are you going to have to have a good plan, but you're going to have to be flexible with that plan, I think, when the draft starts. Because, I, you know, and you can talk to this a little bit, but my guess is that each group of 12, you can find some very divergent ways that these drafts go. Oh, yeah. And if you look at the drafts from last year, I still have, um, I still have the drafts from last year on the 2015 version of SFB sites. They're all so different, so different. I think – I can't remember who tweeted it, and I really wish I could so I can give him credit. Uh, he said something along the lines of, uh, you're going to have to take stock of how your draft is going and adjust as quick as you possibly can to that because all the drafts are so different. Um, he said something yeah. along those lines. And I think the other thing that is really very important to mention, and we're only going to go for a half hour here, so we're not going to go too deep into any one rabbit hole. But one of the things that really makes it very interesting as well, and where I think you're going to win or lose this league is not in your first seven picks, but maybe your last seven. Your strategy for the back end of the draft, because there's a 22 players getting off the board for each team and the you know you're going to not have as and there's no defense and kickers you're going to have much less opportunity to change your team up during the season so how you fill that back end of your roster I think is going to be crucial to who wins and who loses in these things yeah it really does matter and because of those deep rosters you will see the, the free agency waiver wire. It's $100 of blind bidding. You will see a lot of 50 75 $80, $100 bids in the first week or two because people do not hold on to the money. Dion Lewis and James Jones and guys like that last year went for full budget. Um, so if you're listening, be prepared for that because uh, you, the waivers are going to be thin. So you really have to make some, some really good choices at the end of your draft. Yep, I, I think that there's a couple interesting strategies, some of which uh, TJ and I talked about. And, you know, it's funny because the first league I ever joined, my, my friend's league that I alluded to, he gave a point per carry, and running backs were just so disproportionately, you know, you couldn't, and we had to start four running backs each week. If you didn't have good running backs, you weren't winning that league. And the, at that time, running back value was so ridiculous. It's gone the other way. We're seeing all these running back committees, and I love that you put the point two five in, giving the running backs their due and their importance, and quarterbacks as well. And it's just so interesting, and I agree with you on the waivers as well. I think that, you know, for me, my strategy is definitely going to be to target that one guy. And I guess if you are – Looking for a Dion Lewis, you could bid your full hundred and not get him. Isn't that correct? Yeah, if if someone else in your league bids the full hundred, but they uh, put in that bid before you did, yeah, it could definitely happen. So how does that work? I haven't even really looked at it. It's not based on. It's based on when it happens. There's not like a weekly bidding. I mean, why don't you just cover for us the the waiver process in its entirety for the uh, for the SFB 480 this year? Sure. It's uh, waivers run every, I'm almost positive it's Wednesday night around 10 or 11. Uh, I think it's 10 my time. So 11 Eastern probably. Um, and you have a hundred dollars of blind braiding. Some people call it free agent acquisition budget or fab. 
Uh, and basically, uh, the tie, if there's a tie, the tiebreaker is the earliest one to submit that bid. So if you put 75 on Dion Lewis, uh, obviously this is last year, not this year, and someone else put 75, the, the person who put in that bid first will get the player. Um, Interesting. It's not, it, based it's, on, it's not based not on record, total no. points. Or, oh, that's, nope. So basically, for those of you out there listening from the 480 world, um, as soon as that Monday night football game is over, we put in your bids. Yep, exactly, exactly. That's uh, that. Is, <laughs> I, I don't know why I set it up that way, um, but uh, maybe you, you maybe wanted to panic all us experts. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it's mostly because I I never liked the rolling waivers, the the worst to first waivers in in other leagues in the past. I never liked that because. I felt you could have one of the best teams and just start out the season poorly, and then you're getting all the best free agents at the beginning. So I, I just was never a fan of that. So I guess that's probably why I set up the tiebreaker that way. The other question I wanted to ask you that is fascinating to me, you sent out some tweets um, early on with kind of what the, the divisions might look like within the conferences how do you come up with who plays in what division, and how do you, how is it decided? Is it by, um, you know, that? So there's that question, and then a second separate question is: Is it similar? Do you let my myfantasyleague.com decide once you've given them a group of twelve? Do, is, is it automated? Who gets what pick? Um. You, yeah. The the who gets what pick is automated. Um. As far as people in divisions, I have this giant Excel spreadsheet, and I completely randomize where people go. I do have uh, a few little things in there to make sure that people aren't in the same division from the same site. Um, it, sometimes it, it flubs, and that happens. It, it, maybe I'll leave a space somewhere, or I'll have football guys be football guys with no space or with a space. And accidents do happen, but... Um, uh, for the most part, I parse everyone out so that no one is playing in a division with uh, someone from their site. Uh, that helps those teams advance more, and it's you know that that way, if like there are two football guys in one division, uh, the chances that both of them advance are decreased. I kind of want them to be in uh, be in separate divisions. And also for the fans, if a fan is a fan of. Uh, a certain site or isn't a fan of a certain site or doesn't care about a certain site. I don't want them to be stuck in a division with three people from that site, you know? So I, uh, I, uh, like to spread it out. It's almost completely random. And then after it's random, I, I basically ask people if they have any division requests, like, uh, anybody they want to play with or anybody or any, uh, like all the divisions have themes. If you have a if you have a theme, a person, actor, and actress this year that you want to play in that division, um, then I make that happen. I make some switches. Uh, it's but otherwise it's pretty random. As for the actual draft, I create one league. I I randomize the draft orders and then I make duplicates of all of all those. I don't randomize each and every league after that. I I just randomize it once. So. You'll notice, like Team 24 in the first the first conference uh, has the same draft pick as Team 24 in the third conference. Uh, it, I don't think it matters that much, but it is it is randomized, and I do it before I invite people, just so people aren't just overloaded with emails. 
Gotcha. All right. Well, that's uh, that was good. I, I, that was something I had wondered about and uh, wanted to ask. What division, and we, we're really down to the last question or two, what division is the most intriguing one to you? And what position would you want to draft in, <clears throat> you know, in your draft? Okay. So uh, th- there's been so much. I'm going to answer the second question first. There's been so much talk about um, about running backs this year and pushing running backs up the board that I am such a zagger. I love to zag. So I'm at six. We'll see what's there. But uh, I'm going to have a hard time passing up on one of those top three wide receivers if they get to me. If they don't get to me, I'm not, I'm not a Gronk in the first guy, so I'm not going to do that. Um, it'll be a running back slash QB decision if I want to go with a guy like Cam or if I want to uh, grab a Gurley, Zeke, Bell, uh, even Peterson in this format, David Johnson type of guy. Uh, I really don't know what I'm going to go with, but I'm going to have a hard time passing up one of those wide receivers if they do last, just because everyone else seems to be so running back happy But uh, for this draft. As for the division I like the most, oh, gosh, man. I don't know. That's uh, I'm always intrigued to see what happens with uh, Regan Yance division because he does a lot Who's of division. Stash I didn't hear you. Uh, Regan Yance. He's in the Clint okay. Eastwood division. And uh, I think the biggest thing about he always, he's pretty good about the trash talk online and he's got, some, there are some hitters in that league. Jody Smith is in that league. Um, uh, Scott Barrett, Ty Miller. And I, I, I'm trying to, John Evans, I think is in that league. Uh, the the mail, mailman from Duke and Boy shows in that league, and then even the fans in that league, Alan Hepworth and Kent Dougal, I know are in that league. There there's a lot of really uh, really good guys in that league that I imagine that trash talk is just going to be fun, uh, definitely during the draft. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you making the, and carving out a little time to be with me. I know you got to go pick up your son. We're all excited. Just tell the fans again, anyone who's listening, what date does this start? And then we will say goodbye. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Todd. This this was really fun. Um, I, I wish I had had more time. Uh, but uh, yeah, we like we, said, we can a... do this again. Uh, you know, we <laughs> can do something when the draft just first starts and kind of. You know, I mean, we put this together in 10 minutes. So if you want to do something sometime, do what you just did. Hit me with a DM, and we'll see if we can get on and have some fun. Perfect, perfect. Well, it starts in nine days, 23 hours, 29 minutes, and 46 seconds. So uh, basically 10 days from now. Uh, it is full for this year. Um, I'm, I'm waiting on a few people to make sure they get in there, but uh, it is full. I do have waiting lists of analysts. I have over a thousand people on the waiting list for fans. So getting in this year, it's probably not going to happen. You feel free to contact me and, and see, but I, it's pretty doubtful, but you can sign up for 2017, um, at scottfishbowl.com. And, uh, yeah, that's, hold on. I gotta go do that. Hold on. I gotta go do that. Nice. Nice. Uh, I usually, people that play, uh, are playing this year. I usually just, shove their names into 2017 anyway. Uh, I throw right. them right. You you're, you're more likely to just make it bigger next year. Uh, well, honestly, this is the first year I think I'm done with that. I think next year is going to be 480. Uh, I'm gotcha. 99% sure. It was almost too much for me this year. 
Uh, last year, I knew I had a little extra wiggle room. So uh, this year, I, so I increased it. As far as my personal time, I knew that I could handle a little more. This year, I'm falling behind at every turn. I'm, I'm, there was one point I was six. You might need a co-commission next year. Exactly. I might need help if I'm going to do, do this next year. Well, I'm definitely going to do this next year, but I might need I, help. I, I know I need help, but the psychologist says he'll help me. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go to scottfishbowl.com. You can sign up for 2017. I will be, I will be sending out an email because I do run satellite, best ball satellite leagues to try to get into 2017. Or you can go to fantasycares.net. Make a small donation to Toys for Tots, and I'm going to be running leagues there that have entries for SFB uh, 2017 spots. And one more spot, if you follow at WazNFL, W-A-Z-N-F-L on Twitter, he's running a contest for a 2017 SFB spot already. So uh, if you want to get in next year, uh, check that out. There's another way. Awesome. Um, I actually do follow Waz, and he follows me, so... Um, Scott, thank you very much. I don't want your son to be uh, not picked up, and uh, maybe we will talk again soon. To everyone else out there, thank you for listening. The SFB 480 is in 10 days. One way or another, I will be doing a podcast or two based on the draft. Um, I'd like to do one after most of the first three rounds are done, and then I think as the draft goes along, I, I just want to kind of go through, analyze, and just put as much of a light on this as it can. Uh, I will make a donation to Toys for Tots coming up. Scott, uh, I see him doing a lot with that on Twitter. Scott, thank you so much. Um, and we will talk soon. And in the meantime, as is my want, I will tend to leave with a song. Um, I think that everyone is a very big fan of Rocky and they get all pumped up for competitions. Here is from the original Rocky gonna fly. Now, thanks to everyone for listening. This is gonna fly. Now.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.